0: always a blessing to come and uh, at least for me maybe not for you but it's a blessing for me to come up here and and to preach and I'm always humbled when Doug asked me and I saw him I was like Doug you're here brother you want to preach still <laughs> I'll let you take it brother anytime but uh, it's it's always a blessing to come I, I do appreciate this it is like I say it's humbling it's it's uh makes it makes me see how much I really I uh, am unworthy of the Lord and, and his blessings. And so I hope this will be a blessing to you. I hope it'll it'll help you. It, it helped me. Um, I guess this whole, the, the culmination of this whole sermon, I guess, came down to, to one time. And I'll probably, hopefully, remember to tell you about that at the very end. But um, so I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Now, Joe is going to put a verse up there. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. No pressure. He came up to me and said, Hey, Casey, uh, do you uh you have a verse? And and there's like a million verses on my piece of paper and I'm like, uh wow, you know, um I'll tell you what, get this one right here. And I it was it's gonna be Amos three three. And it talks about um can two walk together unless they be agreed? And um that verse for me was actually a long, long time ago when I became a Christian, my brother was driving me. Um, to church because my father didn't let me go to church as a young child. Uh, he was kind of like an agnostic atheist, kind of something in between that, if there is such a thing. And so my brother finally uh, kind of convinced my dad to take me. So I really never got to go to church, never had youth. I, I, uh, some of my story, you know, um, you know, I had to read my Bible in secret, had to hide my Bible uh, in, in my uh, drawer of my, my dresser, and had to pray at night by my bed. And when my, I heard my father come walking to check on me, I'd jump in my bed and I'd act like I was asleep until he left. And then I'd crawl back out and finish praying. That's was around you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. And so he's driving me, uh, and he says, Hey, you know, you got to have a life verse. And I said, What's that? He's like, You know, it's a life verse. It's a verse that God gives you that uh, gets you through everything. And you think, now, I'm 12, 13 years old, been saved about a year or two. Don't ask me how in the world I got an Amos. I don't know. But I w- was there, and, and this was marked in my Bible, and that verse right there says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? How the verse I learned it was, can two walk together unless they be agreed? And obviously the answer is no, two cannot walk together unless they be agreed. And so that was my life verse. So I just want to talk to you, and hopefully it's going to make some sense to you. um, Because at the time in my life when I needed to make sense to me, and that's about the will of God about the will of God. You know, to me, you know, people say, well, prayer is important. It is. And, and, uh, reading your Bible is important. It is. And witnessing's important. It is. But you know what? If you're doing the will of God, you'll do all those things. You see, to me, I think, you know, that's the most important thing is knowing the will of God for your life. Know what God wants you to do. Now, again, this is, and I don't, you know, this is a big subject. It's a tuppy, a tuppy. It's a tuppy subject. It's a touchy subject and um and I I just want to get into just really the basics I'll be honest with you I don't understand sometimes why God does what he does and how he thinks I really don't me and him had had some some dealings with that be honest with you can I get a cup of water thank you always wanted to do that (laughs) but anyway so you know and um so you know, the, the will of God it, it's it's important and how that comes about it's uh um like I guess say, I, I I just want to be very true to Scripture. Now, you know, back in the early days, you know, we all I know I was the Holy Spirit, you know, it was the Holy Spirit for a lot of people. You know, I know the will of God for you, and I know the will of God for you, and I know the will of God for you, and I know the will of God for myself. You know, thank you, sir. So, um You know, but so the will of God is very important. Jesus said himself, he said the meat, he said, my meat is to do the will of God who sent me. He said, my meat, the thing that makes me live, my meat, my substance is to do the will of God. That's pretty important in one's life. And Job, he said that the the will of God for him was as, actually the word of God was more important than his necessary food. He said, what God says to me and what God has for me and the message God has for me is more important than me eating and sustaining life. I'd rather perish and die from hunger than not have God's word, his will for my life. That's how important it should be to us, you know. <clears throat> so, some things. What the will of God is not. I get, I think that's easy. You know, it's easy for us to say, oh, this is the will of God, and this is the will of God. But let, let's get into what the will of God is not, all right? And, and this is how, this is my perspective on it, okay? Um, the will of God, I, I think, is not the wills of God. It's not, um, oh, Tommy, um, what is it that God wants you to be? Well, he wants me to be, um, he said, either a policeman, a fireman, a nurse, uh, an astronaut, or a bank robber one of those five I know I'm just you know going to pick you know. it's not the wills of god for your life you know god has god has a plan for you now now let me get you to understand uh, you know it's it's a it's a, um god's will is very broad I, I remember when i was a young christian and and driving you know i would drive to the store okay when i drove drove to the store this is how i was. I'm not lying this is how I was i drove to the store and said oh, lord guide me to the parking spot that you would have for me, Lord. Just just take me and, Lord, show me the parking spot. Is that the spot, Lord? No, that's not the spot. That's not the spot. No, that's for somebody else. That's too close, Lord. Let me guide me, Lord, to the spot. I'm not joking. I, I, I would pray about where was the parking spot that God had for me. I mean, that's how crazy I got with that. I didn't understand that, you know, it, it's not like that. God's not like that, okay? But, God, there is a will for your life, God has a plan for you, a plan for me, and sometimes I think well, so I'll just pick up whichever one I get, and that's the next thing. you know God's will is it's not something you choose. you know it's not something um, uh, no, Lord, I don't want that. I don't want that plan. You got another will, of God for me? I, I, don't, I don't want that one. You know How many you ever seen um, remember who of who, you know Monty Hall? How of you remember Monty Hall? What was the name of that show? Let's make a Deal. Like well, God, let's make a will. How about that? Come here, young man. Come here. Come here, sir. Yes, you. Yes, you. Here you go. God's will. You see that says God's will. God's will. You. Come up here, son. Come up here. Come on up here. No, you're too tall. Come on. Step on down one more. All right. <laughs> Will of God. Will of God. Here, hold that, son. Don't don't open it up. No, keep it closed. Will of God, son. Now, look, there's the will of God for you. This is God's will for you. But behind those doors over there, son, there's the will of God, too. Now, do you want to keep the will of God you got in your hand, the will of God you're holding, precious will of God? Or do you want to exchange it for what's behind the back door? What do you say? What do you say, folks? Should he keep the will of God he's got, or should he go for what's behind the door? Change, yeah. Well, I wish I could have done that. Right after I got married. No, no, I don't. That's a joke. That's a joke. Oh, I got you there. What, what do you say? What do you say, folks? Should you to keep the will of God? Keep it. Keep it. Whoa, son, look at you. Lucky you. What does that say? The will of God for you. Housewife. Housewife. Oh, blasted. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me look here. Hold on. Hold. Oh, internet billionaire. I was keeping it for myself. Uh, Sorry, there's some, but we'll work on that, okay? We'll we'll get get that with you there, buddy. There's lots of things we can do for that. (laughs) That's not the will. That's not how the will of God works. It's not something you can choose. It's not something that you can say, I don't want that. You know? God has a will for your life, so it's not something that can be chosen. It's not something that's by accident. It's not just something, it's not luck. It just happens to fall into it. It doesn't happen that way. You know, some of the terms I've, you know, I, I, I wrote down that, that you don't hear in heaven. You know, you don't hear God say, uh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> God doesn't say that, you know. You don't hear, oops. <laughs> oops. My wife has those, those Facebook things and she's has those things, you know. When God made man, he said, oops. But when he made the woman, he said, now is near perfection. You know, I told her, then he made a gorilla and he said, spot on, dude, spot on. How about that? You don't know, hear God say, oh, well, <laughs> man, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, well, <laughs> sorry about that, buddy. Better look next time. You don't know, hear God go, really? No, really? You're kidding me. I- I could have had the will of God. You know, it's not what God it's not, it doesn't happen in heaven. It's not by accident. Okay. It's just gonna, my son, my son's looking for a job in college, right? Uh, he puts an applications places, goes to see a friend working at the Y. She works at the Y. Just talking to her stuff. I guess the manager, something comes through. Doesn't really want to get her in trouble. What are you, what are you guys doing here? Um, you got an application for a job? Yeah, I got an application for you. Fill out the application. <clears throat> so, oh, oh wait, well, I see went to college and college. And, hmm, he got called yesterday for a job of the Y. That he wasn't even looking for. You know, you don't, it doesn't happen by accident. doesn't happen by accident. It's not fatalism either, when fatalism is like, it's like um, uh, something that is, you know, can't change, or or it's like set in stone. Um, Ecclesiastes says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it says, Do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? See, now, now God doesn't have everything so set in stone. I mean, it's, I shouldn't say like that. It's hard to say. is it not-pastor. It's hard to, you know, that, uh, I don't know any other way to, to put it to where you can understand it than saying like this. A person that takes their life, that is not the will of God. You can't say, that oh, must have been their time. No, no that, that is not right. That is not God's way. He says you can make a choice where you can you can die before God had a plan for you. God's going to allow it. He didn't go, Oh, really? You know, Oh, I didn't see that coming. But He said, But that, that's not, that wasn't my plan, but I allowed that. You see? So it's not fatalism. I think sometimes as Christians, we kind of rely on that. Well, you know, that's the Lord's will. Whatever the Lord's will is, well, you know, Lord's will be done. Yeah, but maybe, you know what? You know, maybe we can, God allows us to make a decision and and to to do things to um, seek his will. You know? And and you can make decisions and I can make decisions that, that can change what God wanted for you. You know, a good example of that. And and I I like I say I, I don't I don't understand this myself. But this is what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 13, talking about talking about Saul. Remember King Saul? And and, and he was there before David? And this is what the Bible says. It says and Samuel said to Saul. He says, you have done foolishly. You, you have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established, he would have established your kingdom for over Israel forever, he said. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for him a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Now, I don't understand how that happen or how that works that God says, Saul, your this kingdom could have been yours. But, but I thought God knew about David. He did. But I thought God had a plan for David. He did. But I'm just telling you that God said that, Saul, that there was a plan for you. But you chose to go a different way. You, you chose something and so I'm taking it from you. Now, I, I can say I don't understand that. But that's how that's what God says, how he works. He allows man to have freedom to make decisions, yet all the time he is in total control. Yet he allows man to make those decisions. Man can even make a decision to to take his life before God wanted that to happen. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said to Israel, He said, You know, I would love to gather you as as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. I want to do that, but you will not allow it. God said, this is my will, but you don't want it. God allows that. So it's not fatalism. It's not always obvious. <clears throat> Boy, isn't that the truth? God's will is not always, always obvious. In Colossians chapter 1, it says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge. And that knowledge means precise and exact to have the precise and exact knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You know, Paul was praying and said, you know, I want for you to know God's will for your life. I'm praying to God, you know exactly what God wants you to do because it's not always obvious. And it's not easy to come by. You know, everything kind of takes work, I think, in the Christian realm, you know. I mean, the scripture says that you have to study to have knowledge of the scripture, right? You have to go through trial and tribulation to have patience. <clears throat> you have to go through um, testing for faith, separation for sanctification, obedience to be spiritual. all those things. you have to do those to, to have something here in the kingdom of God. And I think you know, the will of God is something that it, it's, it's something that we have to strive for. You have to. It has to be, man, that's my meat. That's what I want to do. Lord, I want to know what the will is. Your will is for me. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do before I marry that person? Lord, is that the right person for me? Lord, what do you want me to do? Is, is that the school you want me to go to, Lord? Lord, is that the job that you want me to go? Lord, is is this what you want? Is this the ministry you want me to do, Lord? Do you want me to do this? You see? and And really, we're just like, well... Well, you know, Lord's will be, you know, what will be, will be, but it's not true. It's not true. <clears throat> God expects us to do our part. Now, for, for me, how I understand the scripture, there's this idea of, um, well, let me, let me tell you real fast. Okay, real fast. These are hindrances to knowing the will of God. Double-mindedness. These are all in James. It's kind of interesting. James brought these out. A double-minded man, the Bible says, is unstable in everything he does. Okay, that's James 1 1.8. Uh, one eight. So a person who wavers back and forth. He's a he's a Christian. He does this, but he's off in the world doing this. And he's he tries to pass out a track here, but he's looking at pornography at his house. You know, this man who's double-minded. And the Bible says, you know that that person can't know God's will. You can't know a Holy Spirit's leading in that. You're double-minded. You're here and you're there. You're in the world and you're in God. You're in the world. And you're in Christianity. Willful disobedience in James chapter 4 verse 17. The Bible says a person who knows what's right to do and doesn't do it, to him it's sin, he says. So a person who's willfully disobedient, you cannot expect for God to show you what he has for you. Pride, he says in James chapter 4 verse 6. The Bible says God resists. It's almost like the idea of, of a battle. God resists the proud, it says. God fights again. He puts his hand out. And I remember as when my my brother, I thought it was a good deal. He's like, um, hey, I'll tell you what, you can put on the boxing gloves. No, he said, I'll put on the boxing gloves. You can bare hand punch me. It's your bare fist, okay? And and uh, you know, you can go at me whatever you want, and we'll just go out there and box. You know, I'm, I'm free game, whatever you want. I was like, Man, this is cool. So I just went at it. Well, I didn't you know, I was at the time about nine and my brother was about four years, he was about six foot two you know. And so, I mean, he just, I mean, I wasn't even, you know, two feet near him by the time he hit me every time. He just, he just pummeled me into the ground, you know. Just, and that, that's kind of God. God's just keeping it, just like, no, no, I, I'm opposing you. You're going to be proud. You are not, you're, you're not going to know the will of God for your life. I'm, I'm fighting you, God says. Just battle is the word he uses. So that's some things I think that get in the way of of knowing the will of God. Now, again, the will of God. You know what? The, I I think it's kind of like in two areas. This is for me, how I understand it. There, there's what I, I call like you might say the general will of God. There, there are things that that is, that is that's right here. This is it. This is the, this is the will of God. This is for everybody. You know, everybody in here is told how to live. You know, so there there are there are there's the will of God. The Bible talks about being thankful. That's the will of God for all Christians. Being thankful. There's the will of God of being sanctified, set apart. That's for all Christians. That's the will of God that says there in 1 Thessalonians. Uh, submit to the rules of the land. That's again in 1 Peter. That's for all Christians. See, those, those are rules. I, I, don't, I know you believe in paying your taxes, but I don't, I don't do that. Well, that's not, that's, you can't say that. You can't say you don't think that's the will of God for you because that's for all Christians. You said all men should do that. Suffer for doing right. That's for all men. So there's, there's that general will of God. Now, I, I always use it as an example, and that is um, when you know the Scripture, it's kind of like, who, who's ever uh, made um, puzzles? You ever did puzzles before? You know, make those puzzles, and you know, a couple people are not. Look at those couple of guys like, I mean, they don't want to admit that. Good, good, honest man. There you go, good, good man. He's secure in his manhood there. Raise, raise his hand. Now, this is like a puzzle. You know what you, you, know what you do is you get, you get all the outline pieces, right? What you do, you get all the, all the border and you find all the pieces of the board of the puzzle and figure out how, how, where that puzzle is all. And then you work in from the middle. that's how, that's how you do the puzzle. And that's what the word of God like. See, the word of God makes that boundary for you, you see. And so when you get into the specific will of God for your life, like where you should work, where you should live, who you should marry, things like that. See the word that then now you've got this boundary, you see. Because you can't there and, and say, I really think God's will is for me to be a bank robber. Well, you go, well brother, um, there's some trouble with that, okay? You know, you're kind of getting outside the bank. Oh, no, I said, t- look, God came to me in a vision, okay? As I was stealing a candy bar out of the store, I saw him, and he said, be a bank robber. No, oh, I'm sorry, brother, I just can't be, you know, you can't be a bank robber. I don't care how many visions you saw, I don't hear what you heard, that just can't be. Because this Bible here sets the, the guidelines for you, you see. And so knowing the general will of God, you know, have, having this is can, so that you can know what g- helps you when finding God's will. Because finding and knowing that job is not, you can't just look up in the Bible. I mean, I'm sorry, the YMCA is not in the scripture. Even in the original, you just can't find it. You know, I mean, you don't want to find the will. Okay, where should I work, Lord? Midwife. All right, Lord, I'm a midwife, I'll be. You know, that's just not how it is, right? But when you, when you know the scripture, when you know the Bible, it helps you, guide you. You say, oh, wow, should, now, is that the person I should marry? Let's see if she's not a Christian and uh, uh, she shoots drugs, <laughs> you know. And you know what you can kind of figure out? Hey, that is not the person for me, you see. That's why you've got to get in this book and you've got to know God's will for you right here. And then, then it makes it easier to know God's will on those specific things. So God's specific will. Like I said, it's contained in the general will of Scripture. Right here, The general, right here, what it says. It's it's supported by wise counsel. It says that in Proverbs chapter 11. It says, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. You know, what, what I think you can really, God can help guide you about what's the right thing to do when you have A godly pastor, godly parents, and I call them—I gotta keep—I'm a preacher. Godly parishioners, okay. All these spiritual people to help guide you, to give you wisdom. That's that's another avenue God uses to know those specific things of the will of God. There's the guidance of the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about the peace of God. Boy, the peace of God rules in your heart. You just have peace about that. You know, you know I, just, I just have peace. A lot of times, um, I think, you know, I don't think we can take just one thing and, you know, pick a couple things, but I think God uses all these things because sometimes that peace is false. Okay? Sometimes we have a false peace. Because, you know, Jesus was in the boat in the middle of the storm, right? And that boat, that boat was just rocking and his waves were coming over. And Jesus, the Bible says, was sweetly sleeping correct but over here on this other side this other fellow's name is jonah and that boat is just rocking and and waves are coming over and and that ship and the men on there are, are afraid and he's fast asleep too you see so it's got to be the peace from the holy spirit it's a god-given peace the counsel of, of the Spirit gives it. I mean, it's been, been many times, again, I, I've just read this, open this Bible and be reading, and then the Holy Spirit speak out to me, and I, man, you know, and the verses jumps out, which is just something God takes and, and just says, Yeah, you're right. You're right, Lord. The working of circumstances. I mean, you walk into a place, you don't mean this to happen and stuff happens, you know, getting the land, you know, it's not that we were looking for that, you know, but it's just like those circumstances work around. It's like, man, you know, when God just kind of lays things in your lap, you know, like, wow, Lord, you know, now, not always, that's not always the case. You know, we, we shouldn't pick the will of God just because it's comfortable or because it's easy or because it's more money you know that that's not should not be the reasons why we pick the will of god because it makes life easier you know but god does work through circumstances okay now i i want to tell you this um because it was you know, something for my life you know i have someone ask me what what happens if you blow it what's that, what happens if if you this was god's will and you did something and and you lost that you lost that chance well let see that's a good thing about God is that God is able to take whenever we do make those decisions those things that alter our life that God didn't have a plan for that it's not really what he wanted but he allowed but God's able to take those pieces and he's able to mold and make a willing humble obedient servant And making it something great. You know, he's able to do that. And that's the kind of gracious God we have. Now, let me just tell you a personal story for myself. Most people know this, you know, or not, you know, I guess. You know, uh, me and my wife were going to get divorced a few years back. Um, Separated for nine months or six months, Right tried to divorce twice. We actually went before the judge the first time and we, we, we made our agreement. We just, let's just do it this way. We won't need a lawyer. We don't need to pay somebody to tell us what to do. We just, we've got it figured out. He didn't like it. He threw us out. So we went to an, another person and they, they rewrote it up and, and, and the lady said, I'm going to schedule you with a different judge and this judge is a family judge and they'll allow you to go up there without an attorney and it'll be finally settled. We said, all right, finally. We both were upset about it. Well, it was a week before. It was a week, five days before we were about to get divorced. My wife comes to me and says, do you think we can reconcile? Do you think there's any chance? And at the time I told her, no, I, I don't think so. It's undone. And I, I walked away. And, you know, this came to my mind, the will of God. And God said, you know, can, can two walk together unless they be agreed? He said, Casey, are you going to be able to walk together now? I was like, man, Lord. And God's like, you know what? You, you, you know, you've got to do what you know is my will for you. And so a week before we got divorced, me and my wife reconciled. And she knows the story. And I'll I'll be honest with you, because we tell people, we tell couples that we deal with, you know what, I did not take my wife back because I loved her, because I didn't at the time. I didn't take my wife back because I wanted to, because I didn't. You know, I didn't take my wife back thinking that it was going to last again, because I I didn't think it was. You know, but I, I did it because I knew that was the will of God. And if I blew this, man, who knows what I could mess up for myself down the line. You see? And so we're we're very blessed. God has blessed us and now I'm more in love with my wife than I've ever been in my entire life. She is my fastest friend and my my love. Okay. <laughs> Got a little hot in the collar. <laughs> Whew. Okay, amen, brother, amen, brother, <laughs> go Diego, <laughs> never forgotten that one, go Diego, go, all right, some of you were here on that sermon, you need to go get that and listen to that DVD, All oh, over, it's a whole new meeting, you children will not be the same after that, but uh, listen, but you know what, but see, you know what, some the will of God's not always easy, It's not always pleasant. It's not always what you want. But God, you know what? And and sometimes I know myself, and it's a battle. I still fight because of other things that happen. Because some of the things that happened is because it wasn't my choice. It was someone else's choice that screwed up my life. You know. And hey, God, where were you in that? So it's a battle and uh it's a battle not to get bitter, not to get bitter at God, you know, and one of the things we went through when we went through um uh our small group they had a study I forget which one, but me and my wife said it was it was the thing that kind of helped us was you know what whatever you are dealt with, and what are you whatever you have. You know, when you, God's not like here, hey, here's the will of God, pick a guy, you know, pick a will, pick a will, any will, pick a will, son, oh, oh, bad choice. You know, you know, but whatever will of God, you know, what the will of God becomes for you, what what happens in your life? Just, you know what, you're going to have to just, just take ownership. Maybe you didn't make that choice that got you in that situation. Maybe there was somebody else that did that decision and now you're suffering the consequences. But you know what? Just take ownership. That's what God allowed that's what God wants to use now. It might have been what He planned, but it's what's there now. And He says, You know what, let's take those broken pieces and let's make something great for, for my kingdom and you can shine for Christ. And just take ownership of what you've got, what you've been dealt. And and stop complaining and stop looking at somebody else why it didn't happen to them or how come they have that or didn't, you know, or they got away with it, and just take ownership and be free and live for God. Amen. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, again, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this time and a privilege to come and to preach. And, Lord, I I know um, I'm not the best at this, but, Lord, I just want to be a blessing. I want to encourage this church and these people and visitors um, to to seek the will of God for their life, that to be their whole desire and being and... um, just their duty in life is to you know to know what God's next step for them, so that they might live a life that's glorifying and, uh, to the, to the name of Jesus and and bring others into God's kingdom. Bless us, Lord. Now I pray and I pray your will be done. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.